Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Creators Podcast here on SportsCreatorsPodcast.com. Today is a great day. It's when I get to record the intro, and it gets me excited about what you're about to hear. The show is powerful and a little bit different. It's a conversation recorded live on location at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville with a highly talented individual, Taylor McGillis, Associate Athletic Director of Brand Development. He had stops at the University of Miami and St. Leo University along the way. Now, Taylor is a gifted strategist and an inspirational creative leader. We cover a ton of ground. We start out discussing the importance of digital strategy, and Taylor talks a little bit about Arkansas's efforts to stand out in the massive amount of content in our feeds, the key performance indicators for measuring success, and so much more. Taylor and I talk a lot about this community, how we're all in it together, and a theory that I'm fond of about staying out the mediocrity in the middle, staying the heck out the middle, the best stuff happens on the ends of the spectrum and what you can do to stay out the beige, boring middle. In a sea of a lot of content and information, you've seen your phone lately, right? How do you not just get ground up in the middle? Taylor touches on how we as creatives at any size sports organization can have the conversation with the executives about digital strategy and showing our value to the organization. Now that's really valuable stuff as the pressure for more and more content continues to mount. With that, I hope you enjoy Mr. Taylor McGillis in your ears today. I'm looking forward to hearing what you think. Please reach out to me on the internet, on social media. I'm at JF Hicks. And without further ado, I'm gonna get out the way. Hello, Taylor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I tell you what, I, I really have to thank you for, for welcoming me in here at the University of Arkansas. You guys have some great facilities, and I really appreciate the Southern hospitality. You got it. Welcome to the natural state. Uh, had a chance to walk Jay through some of our facilities, including the football stadium that we're sitting in right now uh, in the brand new Touchdown Club uh, field level. Uh, it's a beautiful place to do a podcast. Too bad there's not video. Right. I run, I know, right? That's that's the next addition to the show. But I have to tell you, before we jump into the show, one of the things I love, uh, and we'll get into creative, but I love your setup here. You know, just describe to everyone this new facility, how your team that you manage, and how it's laid out. Yeah, I think our leadership team did a really good job of recognizing how important it is for to have all of our external units uh, on one single hallway. Um we were separated for the past few years due to the renovation, but to have marketing communications, our IMG sponsorship team, our digital team, our creative team, uh, our licensing team, all on one hallway, um, it creates that collaborative environment that we all know is successful to driving a successful um, athletic department uh, storytelling and revenue, ge revenue generation stream. Yeah, and one of the things that I also love when I did a, a live interview, I talked to Coach Rule, and and he talked about this principle that if people are are, are uh, close in proximity, you know, it really it creates for better uh, work, but also better relationships. So so funny that he talked about that, and then we go upstairs, and you guys have a you want to talk about the the board that you have that you you know that you guys can brainstorm on. Yeah, we just actually were fired up. We just installed. I think it's called Wall Tucker. Um, 
you know, some of the football locker rooms have it. It's the dry erase board, but it's not actually on a board. It's just wallpaper applied directly to uh, a massive, probably 30-foot wall we've got. Uh, and we just installed that um, behind the walls of our two um, kick-ass graphic designers. Uh, so that's going to kind of be our, our ideation board, and we're really looking forward to having that. And most importantly, there's also a putting green. There is a putting green. We've got a putting green. Uh, let's see, what other creative stuff do we have? We've got baseball bats all over the place. It's a fun environment. We try to create that a loose environment, um, breeds and, and creates creativity. Um, so we think that's super important to creating an atmosphere to, to get those creative uh, juices flowing. Yeah, I think that segues really kind of, kind of into my first question. You know, just talking a little bit, you know, stepping back, a lot of times we we dive deep into these conversations, but let's just talk about your title, your associate AD of creating creative uh, and branding, yep. right? You have a long title. Do you want to say it for the me? Titles are, you know, they're all uh, tricky around the country right now. I am assistant AD for brand development. Um, and I was unsure how I felt about that brand development uh, at first, but um, it actually, what it encompasses is our digital strategy, our graphic design, our licensing, um, our email marketing. Um, so a lot of the messaging that comes, the messaging component of our marketing staff, um, but really just the entire brand vision of the Razorbacks um, from an interior design standpoint, which is something we've, we've had the opportunity to get involved with more recently as we've taken on more facility projects is creating the same visual environment in venue that we have online and vice versa, um, just to make sure that everybody has one one clear perception of what the Arkansas Razorbacks are. No, and that's powerful. But before we move too much further, I wanted to also talk about the, those pictures that you had up. You know, you got you were sharing with me. You just uh, you guys had just installed those, and it was some wonderful pictures that really seemed like they they are consistent with what I see online. And it had a lot of your different uh, athletes. If you want to talk about that, yeah, we. We, uh, we finished this facility that we're sitting in right now uh, in August, uh, but have just recently come around to branding it. Um, we've worked in coordination with Advent on that design project and installation project, um, but we handled the bulk of photo selection. We were able to pick out some of the key moments from, uh, we kind of separated out by, by different sections of the building. Certain, one section has recent student athletes, so kind of the best student athlete uh, or the most impactful moment from a sport in the past five years sure. and then other areas of the building um, we looked at current student athletes uh, inclusion and in other portions of the building we looked at um, honoring some of our older players um, and just the the rich tradition that we have um, here at the University of Arkansas yeah so one of the things about your responsibilities I'm really excited to to really pick your brain and talk with you about is the strategy part of it, um, it, it I'm not sure where Every brand is because I, as you and I have talked offline, it's kind of all over the spectrum. But talk about what digital strategy is in, in, in your philosophy and how what you're doing here at Arkansas. It means a lot of different things, um, and there are a lot of components that go into it. If I had to sum it up in one sentence concisely, I would probably say my role is to use creative branding and content. Uh, to drive action and to drive revenue generation. Um, we try to think about all of our creative and all of our branding as just one component of the fan experience. Um, if we can create one small experience online and combine that with an experience in venue and combine that with 
an email that our Razorback Foundation sends out monthly. Uh, we think about the long-term sort of decision-making process of a fan and how all those little actions together, hopefully we can have a big enough impact on them to where it creates some sort of action, uh, whether that's a season ticket renewal or a single game purchase or, or a donation, um, or just for them to be a bigger fan online. That, that, that's certainly part of our fan bases. Uh, and part of my job is to cultivate that this this uh, nation of people who can't necessarily get to the venue, um, but but using the internet uh, as our platform to rally and bring everybody together. Right. I love it. Um, speaking of that, um, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about sometimes when I look through my, my feed and I see all of the content that's going on, one of the things that, that I really appreciate about your content is it seems like it's very consistent. Seems like you guys have, you know who your audience is. I'm not sure if, if everybody's doing that, but, but how important, um, is it here in Fayetteville to, to have that consistency and to really, you guys produce a lot of content, but I don't, when I look through it, I don't feel like it's overproduced. It's, it seems like it's the right amount. How did you get there and what does that process look like? It's always a balancing act. Um, consistency is something that is important to our brand. Um, and you want people to, immediately know that this graphic or this video was produced by the Arkansas Razorbacks when they see it in their newsfeed. Right. But you also don't want them to get so comfortable with the same look and feel that it no longer stops them, it no longer intrigues them. Um, I don't know who first came up with this term or who I first heard it from, but the term thumb-stopping content has always stuck with me. I like that. Um, and it's so true, and I think about it, we were talking about this the other day, I think about it in my own life, when I'm scrolling through social media, we do it so mindlessly. Right. You have to have something in there uh, that either visually stops them, um, I guess audibly stops them potentially, um, now that sound automatically plays. Right. Um, so while consistency is important, I don't feel like it is, I don't feel like it is uh, the most important thing necessarily. Right. So you're, so what you're describing for, for people listening is, is that you do have a consistent look, but you're also wanting to, to create an effect, which is to, to, uh, to wow people to a certain extent, right? To, to make them think like, wow, how did, how did they do that? What, I mean, wow, that's turned differently or it's a, the orientation is different. Yeah. I think, um, as a designer and as our design team approaches things, it's really easy to create a graphic and for it to be really cool when you have a blank canvas. Right. It's really hard to make a graphic really cool and stick out when you're designing within a box. So I think, but it's important to have that box right. because the box is our brand. Um, we have to, we have to use all these different elements of our brand, um, to continue to create content, uh, but not have it be so confined to the box that you can't jump out every once in a while with NFL draft content or something like right. that where, where maybe it does make sense to, uh, have it make it have a little more unique feel. Right, right. Um, so I want to talk, you know, you and I've talked to uh, digital is kind of like the wild, wild west, right? We, we both studied, uh, history growing up and, and, you know, you, you think about like all those, those pioneers who settled the west. And I kind of feel like that's where we are now. And I talk to you and I talk to a lot of our peers. Um, a lot of noise, right? You know, especially on Twitter. Um, but there's also other platforms, other people we serve. Um, as a digital strategist, how do you measure uh, success in terms of, you know, key performance indicators. Uh, what does that look like for you? And, and are you, are you tied to those numbers? Or are they just a thing that just you're watching and you're using as a gauge as you go along? I think you just nailed it. Um, 
I think you're always adjusting the metrics you're looking at and you can't take them all just for what they say they are. I think we have to really look into what these platforms are telling us uh, these numbers mean. Um, so I don't think we don't allow ourselves to get, get wowed by numbers. Uh, there are certainly engagement figures and impression figures that we want to keep a pulse on and it gives us a sense of how well content is performing. Um, I think it's more important to to see how content is performing relative to other pieces of content you're producing, right. not necessarily trying to uh, out, outperform uh, peers. Um, I think we can all agree if we hear the term engagement at another conference again, <laughs> that will vomit. But right. um, we do probably look at en engagement uh, percentage more than overall engagement. Right. Certainly if the the team or sport that posts the most times is going to have the most engagement numbers. That doesn't mean that their content is the most engaging. I think you want to look at it for a, a per post basis. And, mm -hmm. um, and for us, Instagram is that platform where uh, we probably do post the least, but we by far have the highest uh, engagement percentage. Um, but I don't think you can disregard impressions either um, because I think that can sometimes uh, show important growth for a brand when you see number of eyeballs continuing to increase. I don't think you can, um, I don't think you can get too sucked into the engagement metrics. Yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the strategy and these metrics, right? Because, you know, I think six, seven years ago, if you kind of had cool content, if you had something unique that you were doing, it's so easy to stand out. But as you and I have talked, you know, it's everywhere, not just even in the, in the sports space. There's so many brands that do really, really good content. So it's kind of like you and I were talking about the when I was a kid with the McDonald's. Right. Like we used to my parents are both uh, uh, public servants. So we always drove across the country, you know, back to Florida uh, from Missouri. And my mom always wanted a clean bathroom. That was like the only thing she really cared about when we did a rest stop. And of course, we always stopped at McDonald's at the time, not for their food, but because they had clean bathrooms. That was a big thing. But then after a while, everybody got the clean bathrooms. So it was no longer a thing. Like, so I feel like maybe that's where we are. What are you guys doing to, to not fall into that trap? Cause I see your content and I feel like you've, you guys have been able to do something that's different. What's the strategy or thought process behind that? So you, in order to be considered good on social media, you used to have to uh, either have really, you know, killer videos, right. really killer graphic design, or you had to have some sort of good personality on Twitter that set you apart. Right. Um, and then it probably transitioned to a time where it seemed like you had to have all three. Right. Now pretty much everybody, professional sports-wise and collegiate sports, there are so many unbelievable content creators out there that that probably isn't enough to stick out. Um I think it is increasingly important to ask ourselves why we are doing certain pieces of content um, and to have a goal in mind. And probably the goal you have in mind is more important than the piece of content you have in mind. Uh, and then tailor the piece of content actually to what you're trying to accomplish. You know, we've tried to, in our branding and graphic design team, uh, get out of the mindset that we are just servicing other departments, um, but right. we want to create solutions for people. Uh, we want you to come to us with an idea, and we will come up with the creative way to execute it to accomplish uh, what we are setting out to accomplish, um, to try to eliminate creating noise on our own platforms. Uh, we are the ones who need to control that, and, and so we are responsible for not cluttering our feeds with graphics that don't need to be there that can be text-only tweets right. um, or videos that don't need to be videos that can be standalone, um, in, you know, good photography. 
Um, so we are we are constantly challenging our creative group to ask that question of of why, um, and I think that that leads into the strategy of doing things that are going to create actions we're trying to uh, accomplish. No, I absolutely love that because you know there there are a lot of content creators out there who work in places and they, they kind of have what I call the Kinko's mentality, right? Someone walks up from the department, ding ding, I need a graphic, ding ding, I need a gif, ding ding, I need a video. I, I hate to ding ding because some people, yeah. you know, they this is like bringing up trauma for them as a as a as a content producer, but. But talk about that, because one of the things that it seems like that you guys have a culture here There's what I'm hearing. And I walk around, I see that there's it's not just, you know, a cool place to work with a cool office. You, you guys have a culture here that's supportive of, you know, creative solutions is what you kind of described, or at least what I heard. Yeah, I think it's a credit to our um, administration and even going back to our previous administration with Jeff Long and Chris Freed. Um and that has continued with our current athletic director, Hunter Juracek. And I think it it starts with involving creatives, involving creatives in the process. Right. You know, Hunter's been great with allowing me to be a part of conversations where we are coming up with plans, and it's not just getting to me secondhand. Right. So I think it's important to have creatives on the front end, uh, and not just loop them in on the back end. Uh, but you're right; it absolutely starts with um, buy-in from the top. Uh, but it's also our responsibility as creatives and um, content creators to show our worth. There, there. You know, you can't just expect administrators and the business office and the CFOs to uh, understand why you should get another short-form videographer. Why that's worth it. Right. Um, so it is important for people in my role to do to do the extra work to put the uh, measuring processes in place to where we can show. X piece of content on these social media platforms, um, you know, maybe it drove this to the website. Maybe that website traffic resulted in X amount of ticket sales. Maybe this video that we posted on Facebook generated, you know, X amount of leads for our sales team. Uh, we oftentimes get caught up in just creating cool content, but right. we can't lose sight of. Uh, how we need to use that content to help other people in our department. Essentially, uh, using content um, to drive action starts at the top of the business, understanding and trusting uh, the creative groups and the content groups um, to use that to our advantage departmentally. So really, you know, getting back to, to metrics, our previous, you know, question, talking about it, it, it kind of ties into what you're saying because I, an old administrator that I worked for, he told me, uh, what gets measured gets funded, right? So is that kind of, it, it, I'm saying this because some of the people like, you know, here at Arkansas, you guys have a, a great staff, great resources. Not everyone has that. So is that kind of also what you're saying to people? If if you're having some of these struggles, maybe start measuring things, start doing the analytics that you're talking about. Obviously, some some people may not be able to do it to the extent you you could do it here, but is that kind of where you're Absolutely. leading? Um you have to put it in terms and for things that, um, you know, a business office or administrator can understand. Right. Show that there's tangible value in what that we're in in what we're doing, um, and sometimes that is as easy as adding a tracking tag to a, to a URL. Uh, sometimes on Instagram, it's uh, using the shopping functionality to actually drive merchandise sales. Right. There are numerous things that we can do to prove. Uh, where value is coming from social media and from content and from our website. Um, it's just a matter of 
of gathering that information, doing our due diligence to get the information and conveying it to leadership. Right. Right. I love that. Um, I have this this theory, it, you know, philosophy drives some of my friends crazy. It's called uh, mediocrity is in the middle. Right. And so, you know, it's the beige middle. Right. And it's kind of in that sea of content and of and information that we're seeing, um, which is where a lot of the work at where a lot of the work happens. Right. Yep. And that's the design by committee. Um, it's it's having an average budget, an OK budget instead of having a great budget. Um, and some of the times, you know, I kind of want to talk to you about some of the greatest challenges uh, to content to producers and the strategists and kind of where I'm going. is like I wonder if we're at a place right now um, where we as, as, as storytellers take responsibility, because sometimes I wonder if we, instead of hitting um, the ends of that middle. Right. Sometimes it's the really low budget, but there's some there's some grit to it. It's like a pop up shop, you know, that you go into and you say, man, this guy really this team, they really put something cool together or it's going big yeah. and having a big splash. And sometimes you know, we settle for that middle. Yeah. And I think that the 10% is where that is, right? And, and, and it varies. What are the biggest challenges, right? Because we can always sit around and talk about uh, one of the things I love that you had said earlier was about taking responsibility. But like, how can we, in your opinion, as, as a storyteller and, and content producers, stay out of that that uh, beige middle and get to yeah. that, that edges? It's important to keep up with trends, uh, but it's not important for your organization to just jump on the latest trends. Right. Um, the first step is having a strategy. Yeah. Uh, the second step is probably writing down the strategy. The third step is probably communicating that strategy. Um, and the hardest one is probably sticking with that strategy. It's really easy to get sucked into the mindset with as fast as social media networks are changing, which is um, as fast as consumer trends are changing to change the strategy. Yeah. And you need to tweak your strategy. You don't need to change it. I think there's an incredible uh, amount of value in sticking with what you had planned. Even if Instagram introduces video, right. which what, I guess that was probably four or five years ago they did now. Right. Um, if your strategy was to only have a highly curated feed of photos, there's still value in doing that. And there are, there are uh, elements of your fan base who will appreciate that for what it is. Um, so I guess my message there would be identify trends and test new things out, um, but don't change your strategy just for the sake of changing it. No, I think that's great because I, I wonder, you and I were talking about this. I see all of these jobs out there and a lot of them are the content. It's, it's, it's videographers, it's motion, it's photography, um, graphic design, but I'm not seeing as many strategy jobs and not as many, um, you know, positions at your level, associate AD, as many, we're talking about numbers. Yeah. So, so I think this is a message for, for, you know, for us in this conversation, because I feel like we're all in this journey together. And, and I, you know, I talked to you about what you guys are dealing with and what we're working with the Baylor and what our other peers are working on. So I think that that is so powerful. Wanted to talk to you um, a little bit, talking about staying out of that uh, mediocre middle yeah. that I, when you guys redesign, I know it's been a couple of years. Talk yeah. to me about that process, because one of the things I've seen before I get into the website is with the content is sometimes you you have 
people that come to you in the organization and they say, well, hey, you know, Florida did it or Texas did it or Ohio State or Clemson, fill in the name, it doesn't matter, or they did a particular thing. Why can't we do that? Can we do that? How do you handle that? And I share this more so for people who are struggling with that, because I think you do a good job of that. Um, what tips can you give them? Absolutely. Uh, and Jay's talking about us redesigning our website originally in 2015, and we just finished redesign in December of 2018. Um, I think probably industry-wide, people are trying to accomplish too many things on their website. Yeah. They haven't picked out what the purpose of it is, uh, whether the primary um, emphasis should be on fans or whether the primary emphasis should be on recruits. Yeah. Um, I think what we did was come up with a clear strategy um, and, and our strategy has been we want to get people into the most important pages as quickly as possible because the schedule pages, uh, the roster pages, those are always going to be the pages that can actually uh, make a difference. Uh, search engine optimization is incredibly important. Um, WMT, the company who, um, the agency we use to, to build this out, um, SEO is like their specialty. It's their bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the things that drew us to them was we knew that when someone Googles 2019 Razorback football schedule, uh, we need to be number one because think about how many people are searching for that. And if, uh, I don't know, you know, maybe 10 million people a year, uh, are they going to come to our site or are they going to come go to ESPN.com to get the Arkansas Razorback right. schedule? So first and foremost, it was the strategy was getting them to the most important pages as quickly as possible and getting them the information they were wanting. Secondarily, uh, kind of just thinking about the homepage in my head right now, we wanted to get all the things that don't matter out of the way. We yeah. weren't going to try to find a place for something just to give them a place on the homepage. Um, we decided, okay, we have all this content. Uh, we need more than four stories to show up on the homepage sure. with the amount of content that our communications team is cranking out and our creative team is cranking out, our video team is cranking out. This has got to have a, a – we have to have a destination on a platform that we own uh, that we can send people to to consume this. Um, so we blew out almost everything on the on the homepage, other than storytelling content. Yeah. Um, we uh, implemented an endless scroll feed uh, with the idea that we wanted to simulate uh, user habits that they have created on social media, and that is they're used to scrolling forever and ever. Absolutely. They may do it mindlessly, but they get to something they want and they'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, so this thought of that people won't scroll. Uh, yes, they will, because they do that on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so that's been our strategy. It's been working for us. Um, we've increased our uh, traffic on our website each of the last four years, even with uh, some down football years. That was that was positive. Which is huge because some schools and some brands have almost kind of used the website, but kind of I don't want to say abandoned it because there's content, but it's more of like an archiving. Does that make sense? Like, it's just like, so, hey, we can go back and find this later. Absolutely. And I think it's important that it's not that it yeah. needs to be a, it needs to be a destination uh, for your fans. And that's really hard to do, um, especially from a it's really hard from a video content standpoint, because uh, fans and, and us included, Jay, we're so used to being we're so used to having content delivered directly to where we want it to be, whether Absolutely. that's to our email every day, whether yeah. that's in our social media feed at the top every day. Um but if we can get people in by coming to those schedule and roster pages, I think that's how, that's how you train them to come there for trusted and valuable information. Um, that we know that the more times people visit our schedule page, 
um, the longer they stay on the site, uh, the more content they consume, that all eventually does correlate back to the people who ended up who end up buying tickets from a website. Right. And one of the things I, I want to talk to you about is that process. Right. Because, you know, thinking about that mediocre middle, uh, you went outside the box at that time. Now, WMT has, you know, some other big brands that yeah. folks can Google. Um, but at the time, you guys really were kind of stepping out and doing something different because we know there's really a couple big companies that folks use. And so a lot of times I feel uh, in sports, it's easy to, to get to that mediocre middle because we know if we hit that middle, it won't burn up. You know, we won't crash or burn. Like you think about like shooting off a rocket. Um, but I feel like you, you were hitting that, that 10% that I'm talking about those edges because like I, one of the things I love about the website, um, is like it has like a baseball. I'm a big baseball guy. Everybody knows that. Uh, it has like the walk up songs, yeah. you know, like, like that's cool. Like that's like, that's an experience. And so when I called you, I was like, I, I've been wanting to talk to you because I, I saw that and I was like, uh, you know, like I take my, my sons to baseball and that's like part of the experience. I feel yeah. like you pulled that in. Can we talk about that one for a second? Yeah, okay. Please. So uh, that, I yeah, gotta, I, I gotta give props here if these guys are listening. Um, so that idea came from, it must have been back in January of 2015. Uh, I remember who I was with. I was with JT Guerin, who's now at Kansas, and I was with David Bell, who's now at Kennesaw State. Okay. And we were uh, we were at the Northwest Arkansas Mall, and we were uh, we were brainstorming just baseball ideas. And one of them, I can't remember who, said, "What if we created a microsite where we had all the players' walk-up songs?" Yeah. Uh, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's like a that's an unbelievable idea." Yeah. Um, went back to the drawing board, figured out a way to uh, get it done. Um, realized how excited it made people with the buildup of baseball season to hear some of their players' favorite walk-up songs, to hear what the new players' walk-up songs were going to be. Yeah. Um, and that's been something that we have continued every year since, and it's kind of become a little tradition. Um, the week of the start of uh, baseball season, we call it Sounds of Bomb. Um, and, and, I love and that. People can look at all the baseball cards of the players and then yeah. click play on their walk-up songs. Um it's a way to create a fun, engaging uh, experience on the website. Mm -hmm. It's something where the people aren't going to look at that for 30 seconds. Most uh, most of the people are probably staying on there for four or five minutes. And, you know, time on site is one of the most important metrics for us. Um, you want to see that people are visiting multiple pages and you want to see that people are staying on pages for long periods of time. Uh, so with, with creating that type of engaging content, we, we definitely accomplish that. So and it sounds like... Um, with selecting the right vendor, right? And I don't want to get too much into the vendor conversation, but sometimes when we're doing things across creative, sometimes the vendor we're working with can't execute it. Um, whatever it is that you're talking about, they might give you some options. And I love it because I feel like when I look at that and kind of knowing a little bit um, of, about the website part of our business, it's like, okay, these guys stepped out to that 10% again that I'm talking about to to kind of shoot for the moon. Right. Instead of just saying, OK, we're going to do that. The beige. I love the, the idea. Because when I tell people the beige, everybody knows what I'm talking about. The apartments that have the beige. I think it's important to. With any agency you're working for or working with. Across any number of different things, I, I always think it's important that the university and the athletic department is the one. Coming up with the concept and driving the strategy and certainly um, in uses like us with WMT. They provide such incredible technological uh, resources and ridiculously talented uh, web development resources to allow us to do some of those things. 
um, but they'll do what the client wants to do. So right. it really is important for that strategy to come from uh, the client, not from the agency. Uh, and, and working with uh, WMT has been a great, uh, what's turned into a long-term relationship for us. And I know they've um, onboarded a couple other big brands recently, and mm-hmm. not all of them are like us. And right. I think that's a testament to them that um, they're letting Clemson and they're letting Florida State um, drive their strategy and not and not replicating um, an environment they did for someone else. Yeah, because some some people are kind of locked into almost a theme, you know, kind of thinking about WordPress. But no, I love it because the dime that you just dropped to everyone is find good partners. Right. One coach, one head coach that I absolutely have a great relationship and and really appreciate. He told me, he said, everyone is life. Everyone in life is looking for the perfect partner. And you know what I mean? So that's what I was thinking about. Right. Whether it's your players or it's your school that you work for. Um, so I really think that's huge because I do. I hear sometimes, well, we wanted to do this, but so it's really about creative sometimes speaking up to get out of that middle. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help people get to that 10 percent where you are. Um, so one of the things uh, that I did want to talk to you about, because you and I can share some some common philosophies. One of the big things that's happening because it affects strategy. Um, are the creation of some of the content teams specifically for some of the revenue sports. And those creatives are residing within the team. And sometimes, depending on where you are, and this is, it varies. So I don't want to, I'm not trying to say it, it's all the same everywhere. But a lot of what we're seeing is those individuals are really on the team. They're not in the marketing team. They're not on the creative team that might include marketing sales, the, the, the board people, you know, people who do board, who, you know, have different skill sets sometimes. What are some of the things, you know, as as creators, when we take accountability for our careers and we move forward, what are some of the things, the challenges you're seeing that maybe some of the younger or people who are applying for these jobs need to maybe look out for pitfalls that you could um, career-wise, career growth-wise, career development? Yeah, in this day and age, content is marketing and marketing is content. Uh, there's so many content creation jobs opening up, whether that's, you know, animation, uh, video, mm-hmm. short, especially, you know, short form video and social media video that's blown up over the last five, six years. Um, I guess I would I would challenge those folks to think about how they're affecting the overall marketing strategy to not get too sucked into um, the piece of content they're working on. Right. To think about how it affects their overall brand, though. Think about how it affects the athletic department, the university in general, and think about your long-term career growth. Not to say that you won't always want to be making animations, uh, but you may have a career in marketing that you don't realize you have uh, if you're constantly uh, so locked into just creating uh, social media content. So I would challenge those folks to to ask themselves um, when they're creating content about why they're doing it. Uh, are they accomplishing the goals that they're trying to accomplish and not just adding noise? Right. Um, and, and, you know, all in all, I think, to, to what you were saying previously, the addition of creatives to the sports staffs, all in all, is probably a good thing. I'd rather have that than not have it. Absolutely. Um, and, and football recruiting is where football recruiting has pushed our entire industry forward yeah. when it comes to the uh, level of content that is expected to be produced. And we've seen it not only at the college space, I think, Football recruiting has, um, we've seen it trickle into the NFL and and Major League Baseball. Uh, The NBA has kind of always had their um, special place on the Internet because they do a great, great job. Um, But 
football recruiting is where people have figured out content can have an effect on getting kids here. Right. Obviously, getting kids here uh, affects getting people to come to the games, which affects which affects everything. It's it's our entire livelihoods. So I don't want to uh, downplay how important I think that. Can no, they're be. absolutely important. Um, I guess I would just challenge those folks to uh, think a little bit broader than. Um, than that individual social media graphic or video. And so it, it, one of the things that you're, that you're talking about as well is making sure that you're asking questions about your overall growth because sometimes when you're on these teams, they are highly focused on those things which are important, but then also you might not be exposed to you know, making sure that uh, the ticket sales and marketing and being a part of the overall brand because I, I won't use the name of the school, but one time I was uh, I was on a campus and someone told me, um, yeah, you know, well, that coach left. And but when they were here, we didn't know what the content team was doing. We didn't know what they were putting out. And so what that really told me was that they weren't a part of that process, which could be part of their career growth. That you're talking about they could be a, a an associate AD like yourself. They could be an external person down the road. Absolutely. So so that's kind of what we're talking about. Exactly. Uh, and communication is important. We're fortunate enough here. We have a great football creative staff, um, and they have absolutely upped our content game. Um, but we're in constant collaboration. And I think that's what's so important. We're, we're, we know what, you know, we're talking about what their message is. We're talking about what goals we need to accomplish. Um, and it can absolutely be done. Uh, And it, and, and they have absolutely increased, um, the brand awareness of Arkansas Razorbacks, especially from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah. And frankly, that's that's what we needed. Yeah. No, and they do a great job. I, I watched the content. It's funny, you and I were talking earlier, and remember I was talking about some of the content you guys have shared. So, no, it's great. You know, I try to always share when, like, when I'm talking, you know, with someone, and you guys do that extremely well. What I found sometimes is it just in that kind of that wild, wild west mentality, maybe people are adding these new positions on. And it's not that there's bad intent there. Folks just don't know. It's part of, you know, part of this whole deal is trial and error. That's the, you know, the part of it that we're talking about. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been one of my favorite conversations. And uh, it's really been fun, too, because you guys are here. I don't want to date the show for, for the future, but you guys are putting back in grass uh, here. And so this has been a great, you know, visit to see what you guys are doing because you guys do it at a really elite level. Thank you. And I think we hold the record for most times going from turf to grass and back from grass to turf. Uh, I think it's, I think this is like the sixth change no way. from turf to grass in in Frank Broyles field history. But, uh, we are bringing natural grass back to the natural state. Uh, and we're excited about it. All right, give folks your Twitter because they definitely need to follow you. Follow what you guys are doing because we all learn from each other. Give them your your, your Twitter handle. Yeah, Taylor McGillis, uh, simple enough. Uh, but I need you to go follow our uh, design team, AJ Enlow and Trent Daniel. Uh, those are those guys are the ones behind the scenes cranking out uh, the majority of the content for the Razorbacks. Oh no, I love it. Got to got to give you one good plug here. We were walking through the halls and he stopped and introduced all the people behind it. That's great leadership. So if you guys are listening and you're looking for an opportunity, make sure you're finding people like Taylor who really value. So I really appreciate your time. And and again, appreciate the Southern hospitality. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. That about wraps it up. I really appreciate you allowing me to be in your ears. Please go check me out at JFX on Twitter and sportscreativespodcast.com. Let's connect.